It's time for security now, and I, we're in for a big treat. One of my security heroes, not Steve Gibson, he's here. Actually, two of my security heroes are on the show today. Steve, yes, but also Brian Krebs. He started writing Krebs on security when he was at the Washington Post. He's been doing it on his own for the last three years, KrebsOnSecurity.com. Brian Krebs talks about the Internet underworld next on Security Now. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Audio bandwidth for security now is provided by the new Winamp for Android, featuring wireless sync and one-click iTunes import. Now with free daily music downloads and full-length CD listening parties. Download it for free at winamp.com slash Android. Video bandwidth for security now is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Security Now with Steve Gibson, episode 392, recorded February 20th, 2013. The Internet Underworld with Brian Krebs. Security Now is brought to you by Carbonite Online Backup. Automatic, continuous, unlimited backup for your computer files, only $59 a year. Try it free at Carbonite.com and use the offer code SECURITYNOW to get two bonus months with purchase. And by Man Packs. Manly goods on a schedule. Get started today and have underwear, socks, toiletries, shaving supplies, and more delivered to your door. Visit manpacks.com slash twit and get $10 off your first order of $30 or more. Or buy a $50 gift card for just $40. It's time for Security Now, the show that covers your security and privacy online with uh, this fellow right here, our explainer-in-chief and security guru, Steve Gibson. Of GRC.com, and usually it's just Steve. It's the Steve show. But today we've got a guest. Yeah, we do. Um, I refer to Brian often uh, on the podcast because he has his his thumb on the pulse of a different aspect of security than we normally cover. Uh, when I approached Brian about being on the podcast today, um, Bri- I, I, I should said, say, because you keep saying Brian, it's Brian Krebs, oh. yes. <laughs> uh, who was for many years. Welcome, Hi. Brian. It's great Thank to have you. you on security now. For many years, uh, wrote about security at The Washington Post and really brought uh, a uh, well-informed uh, uh, eye on security to mainstream media, which was kind of unusual. In fact, you, <laughs> no, one's, no one's doing it after you left. Hard to believe three Hi. years ago and now uh, doing it on your own at KrebsOnSecurity.com. Yes, sir. Great to have you, Brian. Yeah, and as I said, I you know I often refer to Brian. Uh, I keep a, I keep an eye on his blog, and what I see is that he sort of has a different focus than we do. We're more sort of security technology and security theory, and you know sometimes computer stuff and and that. Brian's take from what I've seen is to, to like watch what is going on. By all the Cretans, you know, the underworld. <laughs> Cretans? Cretans. Smart Cretans, though. <laughs> well, and, and they're not from and, Crete. <laughs> I call I like to call them miscreants. And my, miscreants. My friends who read my stuff a lot say, say they, they tease me and they go, you know, Brian, we'll give you a dollar every time if you just replace miscreants with ne'er-do-wells. <laughs> ne'er-do-wells. I like that even better. Yeah. 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 yeah because and, and that's better than trying to figure out what color someone's hat is because, you black know, or is it gray, gray or white? Is yeah. it black? Yeah. Is it dark gray? Is it light black? And, and it's what? better, <clears throat> more importantly, than the word hackers. 
which has a uh, right. uh, you know uh, wallet m- mainstream media. And for some time, people said let's call them crackers, which uh, didn't mm-hmm. really sit no. well with me. It sounds like somebody on a porch <laughs> playing a banjo. Um, I, I have a I have a theory about that. If somebody calls a you know a malicious hacker a cracker, uh, they've just dated themselves. Yeah. I mean that's somebody who's <laughs> yeah. been around this scene for a yeah. long time and, and really takes offense at the the hacker. And hackers should really have it, but hackers should have a more honorable um, uh, tone to it, since it does have an honorable uh, beginning. And there are still many hackers out there, hardware and software, who are not yeah. miscreants. So I like miscreants. Ne'er do wells even better. <laughs> Bad guys. <laughs> there you go. Bad guys. Yeah, that's that's. And it. I hate to say cretins because I don't think they're necessarily dumb. Some of them are dumb, but there are some very impressive cretins out there as well. Oh no! Okay. Without without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Now now that we've established that, um, <laughs> nomenclature is important, Steve. You know that. <laughs> we're going to have fun <laughs> this podcast. Uh, no, oh, nomenclature is everything. Yeah. Um, talking about uh, Brian's focus. That is, you know how. You know what the bad guys are doing, what the trends are, um, what sort of there there there's like state sponsored, there's there's um, organized crime, there's random individuals. You know how does the money flow? You know, sort of just sort of take an overview of this aspect of what goes on with internet crime in general. Yeah. Um, which I th- which is not something we spent much time talking about, and that's where Brian uh, spends a lot of time looking. So I thought it'd be great to get his thoughts and 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 the benefit of all of his research. Oh, what you just laid out, Steve, actually makes a lot of sense, um, and I'd I'd love to talk about all that. Um, you know, one of the things that that, that interests me, I spend a lot of my time is kind of lurking in the underground, and part of the reason I. Uh, I do that is because, like you know, I like to know what's going on, what these guys are talking about. But it, you get sort of an unvarnished look at what is going on. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. A little while ago, I was trying to, I was working on a project. Actually, I'm still working on this project, where I was trying to figure out, okay, what do we know about these ISPs out there that are friendly to bad guys, right? The bulletproof hosting providers. Yeah, because like somebody, we, you, somebody has to provide them with internet access. Right. And presumably well, and that person do. has some idea of the kind of traffic they're hosting. Without a doubt. Well, but the problem is is it's kind of like it's kind of like the issue with when you find a, a website that's malicious or it's hosting some nasty content uh, and you complain to the hosting provider and they say, Well, okay, we'd like to help, but we're just a reseller and by the way, we're a reseller of a reseller of a reseller and you need to talk to these guys. Um, that's kind of what happens with the bulletproof hosting stuff is they, they they make they jump through a variety of hoops to to cover their tracks. But I thought, well, why don't you just ask the people in the underground where they go to put you know, where they <laughs> Well, they trust. You know, what are the what are the the places they go to to uh, uh, to put their their sites online? And and you know, that's a kind of approach that I think uh, yields some really interesting results instead of trying to go at it through the front door. Yeah, well, and 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 from the things you've you've blogged, and this is one of the comments that I've often made about you, just from assuming based on what you're writing that you must have established some some anonymous identities in those circles. Yes, <laughs> um, uh, on a lot of on a lot of different forums and sites, and um, you know, I try not to be too obtrusive and and just like I said, lurk and um, right. occasionally interact with folks. Like I did a series, uh, I've done a series, an ongoing series on ATM skimmers, and a lot of those 
uh, images and, and some, some of the videos that I got there were actually just me talking to people on these forums who were selling these devices and, and chatting them up and just pretending I was interested in buying them, getting them to, to send me more information and pictures and things and explain how the technology works. Um, but that's about as far as I go in interacting with people on these forums. So. Right. So mostly it's sort of passive watching. And of course, you'll by watching, you'll you'll pick up re- uh, references to other forums and URLs to other places. And so after a while, you end up sort of mapping that network. Yes. Yes. And yeah, it, it for as a sort of a self-preservation exercise, it's usually yeah. good not to keep your <laughs> head down the forehead too much. <laughs> One forum in particular, I won't name them, but uh uh, they they've replaced their homepage right now and are redoing the site because they they figured out that not only did I get back on after the last time they kicked me off that you yeah. know uh, <laughs> they had a compromise it wasn't my fault uh, in the meantime so uh, so is anyway, it is it mostly IRC is it forums or is it a mix of the two yeah um, so. A, a lot of the relationships are built on the forums, mm-hmm. and people's uh, reputations are built on the forums. Mm-hmm. Um, the forums are a way for people to build their their reputation as somebody who can be trusted in a criminal way, um, and, and build a reputation as somebody who's got something to offer the rest of the community, right? So, um, But a, a lot of the transacting, you know, the actual changing hands of, of, of malware, money, whatever it is, uh, a lot of that takes place off, you know, off the forums in private jabber or instant message communication, stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, but, but yeah, the, 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 the forums are sort of the open air bazaars of the, you know, the <laughs> underworld or underweb as I like to call it. So when you were talking about how they establish an internet presence, like how they get websites up and so forth, what occurs to me is the issue of money because um, that's something in the real world which does connect us all and on some level it would seem to be traceable. So, you know, like the old adage was, you know, follow the money. Um, and I'm sure that that the law enforcement must recognize that that's a potential Achilles heel of of any miscreants who are somehow wanting to collect money for their actions. So how does that all work? Yeah, it is. Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, so follow the money still works as a as a very good investigative technique uh, i don't care you know if it's journalism if it's you know investigative journalism if it's law enforcement or whatever um but there's some wrinkles right i mean the in the modern digital economy that we have there are lots and lots of ways that people can get paid mm-hmm. and by the way <laughs> new methods of being getting you know, transferring money or being brought online every day. You know, it's, I mean, companies are are tripping over themselves to add mobile payments and all kinds of other ways that you can move money around. And and the the really interesting thing about that is you watch the reaction of the guys in the underground because they're they love that stuff because you know the first time somebody comes out with a new way of of moving money around, uh, you can bet that there are sixteen different ways that that the the good guys didn't think of that that could be abused. And so you know, very quickly they hop on those. But um, to your point, I mean about about following the money. Yeah, sometimes it's it's not that hard. Um, 
you know, they might move money from one bank account to another. Um, but more often than not, uh, they're moving money from, from one account to an intermediary and sometimes to a series of intermediaries before it gets to where uh, an account that they can withdraw at or use, use it from. Um, and, and on top of that, they're relying on digital currencies or virtual currencies or what have you. Um, some of the more popular ones are like Web Money or, or Liberty Reserve or Pecunix. There's a whole bunch of them. Um, but these are sort of unofficial currencies and they can help move money around relatively anonymously. Um, some of them is not too difficult to create, you know, bogus identities and link it to, uh, you know, regular bank accounts and uh, push money through that way. Um, of course, getting money into and out of these systems uh, can be challenging. And, and that's really where cybercrime investigators uh, who are following the money trail tend to focus these days. Uh, right, the li- the linkage to the real world. <laughs> Brian, if you can right. go to these forums, if you can get in, if you can talk to these guys, what, why isn't law enforcement doing this? Or are they? Oh no, I'm quite, I'm quite certain they are. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it, it, and, and some they're of these not, forms they're, they're are just actually, not reporting it. Yeah, but at the same time, they, <laughs> you'd think they'd be more effective in stopping all this if they were in there and talking to these guys. It's just too vast, isn't it, Brian? I mean, it's just sprawling. There are dozens and dozens of these of these forums. Some of the more interesting and clueful ones are in other languages, particularly right. Russian. Uh, and um, you know that presents its own challenges, but uh, <laughs> but I think that I think law enforcement. Uh, I would be very surprised if law enforcement did not have a strong presence on all of the all of the major forums out there. Um, but being able to know what what people are doing does not necessarily equate to uh, being able to match that activity with with an identity. Right, um, and maybe and you don't. That, you, you want to, as they did with Enigma in World War II. You don't want to, bu- you know, bust yourself by knowing too much, right? <laughs> well, right. Um, you know, I found myself in situations like that before, where you it, know, it would have to um, be Brian if it, who knew this. Oh, it's that guy. Well, so for to give you an example, so let's say you have a an account at one of these forums. It's a privileged account, and it can only, and only a certain number of people can see some information. Um, do, and you've got some really good information. Do you go write about it? Do you blog about it? Knowing mm-hmm. that they're going to go back and do a full review and find out who looked at what and when and, you know, what their yep. their usage pattern is. And pretty soon that account's going to be gone. So, you know, the same thing holds true with law enforcement. I mean, anytime right. uh, they decide to do something, it, it affects their visibility. And, you know, everybody's visibility for that matter. So. We're talking to Brian Krebs of uh, KrebsOnSecurity.com and uh, – really one of the foremost uh, researchers and writers about security. Actually, really, I'd say writer first, but with all of this undercover work you're doing lately, you're really being a great source of, of information. Oh, uh, thank you. As well. Thanks. Um, yeah, you know, the, 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 the frustrating thing about these, you mentioned following the money, the frustrating thing about these alternate uh, payment systems is, <clears throat> you know, they're, the way they're being plugged into uh, and meshed with uh, traditional payment um, uh, mechanisms, like yeah, you remember the uh, the what they call them the scareware, the fake antivirus stuff. You know, that pops sure. up on your screen. You know, you got this little scanner. FBI dot gov. Send us, <laughs> send us. What is it? Value packs, <laughs> money right, packs. Well, so so it used to be. You know, it used to be. You need our our 
our uh, our antivirus software and right. pull out your credit card and pay for it. Right. But <clears throat> a lot of people got together and said, all right, this is <laughs> ridiculous. This. These people can use credit <laughs> can cards. have a merchant and, account. You know, <laughs> merchant accounts and all this. So they made it a lot harder and a lot more expensive for them to do this. Uh, and I think that's contributed to a slight shift. And, and that's part of what we're seeing with ransomware is, you know, they shifted the, the, the attack a little bit. You know, it's still sort of we, we have control over your machine. You, you know, you're in danger. You did something bad. Um, you need to pay us money. But instead of asking for people to pull out their credit cards now, they're, you know, saying go down to Walmart or Walgreens or whatever and buy one of these money pack or you cash cards. It seems so obviously dumb. I mean, obviously the FBI doesn't do this, and yet people must do it or they wouldn't continue this. They must get enough success to make it worthwhile. I mean, who's going to go to Walmart, get a money pack, and send it to the FBI? Uh, you would be surprised. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess I, I am. Uh, <laughs> look, there are uh, there are a lot of people who are just joining the interwebs right. uh, every right. day and, and maybe aren't as savvy as, 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 as some of you guys out, out there. But, I mean... Uh, you know, the, the, I did a, a piece, an investigation. It was about, let's see, it was August of last year. And I was working with a, a researcher who had gotten uh, control over um, a server that the bad guys were using to keep track of all the victims of their ransomware. And 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 so it was like every day it was incrementing, all, like the number of people who got infected, um, the number of people who, who – and the number of people who paid. And it was like – I think that they had like – let me see if I can pull it up. They had uh, – um, Right, so you had to pay $100 to get this warning off your computer that you were looking at child porn or whatever, and, and you could pay a fine of $100 to, to avoid jail time. <laughs> to um, be absolved. They, they, it's they, now it's $300 right. now, by the way. The price has gone up it, to get out of jail. <laughs> it has gone up. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Um, and, and it hasn't been that long. <laughs> um, we, uh, so, so they said, you know, pay us... Uh, Hundred dollars or hundred euros. In this case, it was the 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 the, the good guys or the white hats. All right, so we weren't going to use that term, but the you know the the guys who were, who were messing with the with the bad guys. Um, <laughs> you know, they they took over this thing, and it was uh, it was a, an attack against a bunch of French. Uh, internet user. So yeah. it was whatever the French police is warning on their machine, and and. Uh, they had something like 2,700 victims in wow. one day. Wow. And 3.7% of them paid the ransom. And it was like, you know, almost 8,000 euros wow. a day. for them in one day. Who, who, one day. And that's just, you know, one Who one are these subset. people? Are they organized crime or is it just individuals? Is it small as it has been in the past groups of you know, kind of like hacker groups uh, of teenagers that get together? Or is it all of the above? Oh, it's it's definitely all of the above. Um, in in the in the sort of underweb space that I spend a lot of my time, uh, I would say a tremendous amount of this is is you know ankle biter uh, type right. you know small time uh, cybercrime. And, and by this I mean you know these are people who may not have actually that much in the way of street smarts with cybercrime right, um, skills. You know, what's that? Skills, uh, skills. I was saying skills, yeah. skills. Yeah. Yes, skills. Yeah. Nunchuck skills. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> uh, uh, channeling uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Right. Um, 
they they don't really understand the ins and outs of of doing the crime in ways that you know may not one day expose them to doing the time right well i'm thinking um, of yeah. the uh, the guys who uh, hacked matt hone and derek the god and his cosmo the god his friend who's now doing jail time who is we're not jail time but he's he's like 15 and he got caught mm. um it was just they were teenagers and and they were kind of mm. ignorant ignorant and, and arrogant and arrogant you know, at the same know. time good good combination there's, isn't there's, it yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a wonderful cocktail. Um, <laughs> so it's a sure recipe for getting uh, busted for this stuff. But anyway, these new players are are joining the forums at a fairly regular clip, and, and they're constantly annoying the crap out of <laughs> you know the, the senior and established members on the forums. Right, but they get, they're tolerated. You know, the the the, the senior members will put up with them because most of the top forum members, um, they're there because they've got different services and software for sale. Um, and a lot uh, of what they're selling are turnkey solutions. It's like you really don't have to know how to put up a botnet. Somebody will do it for you. This, these are these are script um, kitties, in other words, at least it would be uh, so, yeah, so a lot of them are script kitties and, and they're, they're relying on somebody else's automation to help right. them uh, get, their, get their operations up and going. And so they tend to be the biggest buyers of the services that are for sale um, on the forum. Now, they also tend to be the biggest welchers and, you know, rippers of mm-hmm. people uh, on the forums. But nonetheless, they... Gee, you they can't trust point. a crook. What a thought. And, <laughs> and, and is, is this, are the relationships like a piece of the action like where like the seller gets a percentage of the proceeds or is it a one-time purchase or i'm just sort of wondering if if the script kitties end up being agents for the 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 more senior members who are behind the scenes pulling the strings sure sure um yeah so you asked a lot of questions there 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 are a lot of things going on uh, particularly when um somebody puts themselves in a situation where they don't they're buying something they don't really know what right. it does. Um, so, for instance, for the longest time, people bought fishing kits, right, to, to mm-hmm. tackle fishing 20 different, you know, a little software package. And, you, you know, you, you unzip it and you've got uh, fishing, ready-made fishing kits for 20 different banks. Well, a lot of those had back doors. You know, and they would the, the guys who sold it to you would go in and steal all your, your uh, uh, and that still that. goes on. That still goes on, and and and, and even um, so, some of these some of these software uh, these malware services that are sold, um, there's no honor among thieves in the underground, right. really, and so these guys will. Uh, some of them are quite clever, and they'll they'll crack the encryption or crack the copy protection on these on these uh malware packages and then they'll go and say hey i cracked this you know here you go uh download it if you want it for free of course a lot of times they'll backdoor it before they wait do a minute that. Are, you, are you saying they drm these they have copy protection on them mm, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they do they do because because and and I think that that's part of the reason why we've seen a shift in the underground away from uh, the bad guy selling uh, software to more software as a service. Right? Um, they don't. They're they're not making a lot of money uh, off that because in, it, they're vulnerable to the, what I just explained. You know, somebody cracks their right. software and open sources it or whatever. You know, or just puts it out there for any any idiot to download. Um, uh, but what they've started to do is say, well, all right, um, 
if you want to, if you want to run our software, you got to buy a license, and this license <laughs> this license entitles you to support. Um, and oh. you can file trouble tickets and you can do all this other stuff, um, 24-7 support. Um, but oh. it only entitles you to, to use this for in the case of, say, a botnet creation kit. Um, it only entitles you to use it or, or an exploit kit, which is actually better an example. Um, it only allows you to use this exploit kit at a particular domain and, and your license is tied to that domain. And, you know, if you try to use it somewhere else, it just won't work. Um, and, and so that license allows you to do that, but that's a bare-bones license. And so if you want all these bells and whistles, you've got to pay extra for it. Those are add-ons. It's a la carte. So there's a lot of that going on. And not surprisingly, one of the – I think the biggest uh, sort of the busiest area of criminal commerce in the underweb is developing these plugins for – uh, you know, uh, malware tools that have been massively adopted. So, you know, um, somebody leaks the Zeus source code um, as they did a, f- a couple of years ago. Well, that may have been somebody who actually had the, the source and, and, you know, leaked it uh, uh, against the, the will of the guy who created the software. Um, or it could have been the, the guy running, who sold the software itself. He got sick of all these people he had to support. I mean, cause at some, <laughs> at some point it comes down to, you have like thousands and thousands of users and half of them don't even know how to, you know, they don't even know anything. They're about just clueless. Software. Yeah. They're clueless and they're constantly annoying you with questions about how to, you know, how to set it up and use it. So JavaScript, so, what uh, is that? How does that work? Yeah. What's Java? How is it different from JavaScript? Yeah. I don't care. What's, where's the any key? You know? Well, and of course um, you also have the problem that many of the vulnerabilities which these kits are designed to exploit, they ultimately get found and fixed, and sooner or later, they sort of dry up across the Internet. And so something that had value initially begins to have, you know, diminishing returns. Yeah. Uh, this, is, um, this is actually a very interesting dynamic in the, in the underground, and, and, it, and it's, it's part of the – I think it's part of the reason why we're starting to see a subtle shift in the way um, a lot of these exploit kits are sold. Are, are you guys – do you think your readers are familiar with what we're talking about here, exploit Yeah, kits? yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so typically when a new vulnerability comes out, like if, you know, if there's, if you read on a blog somewhere like, you know, I don't know, krebsonsecurity.com, um, you might see a, a notice about a zero day vulnerability in Java or something. Right. Um, in, in short order, that will be in all of the exploit kits. Okay. Right. Very quick. Short order a day, two days, a week, a month? Mm-hmm. Day or less. They're fast. Yeah, cause, because it's all about it's all about the window of opportunity, right? Because as soon as people start patching, you're yep. you're, you're out of luck. No, it's not just that their customers again, right? Their answer, their customers. This is customers our business. Saying, hey, right. yeah, hey, this, this guy over here <laughs> selling. Their customers know? want the latest <laughs> yeah. vulnerabilities in their kits, hey, so yeah. they stay they're up not, late that night. They're and they, just uh, like the rest of us, right? Code. You know, they, yeah. they want the neatest iPhone, and you yeah. know, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, they'll they'll come to these guys and say, hey, you know, Joe Schmo has has this exploit in his pack well, how come you don't have it you know and and so <laughs> and, and how many of these are how many of these are are there and is it is i mean we we talk about metasploit framework a lot and that's that's kind of on the other side of it but it, it's similar to that right 
How, so how many exploit kits are there? Uh, yeah, how many kits are there? And and where do you get them? You just go to, online and, and uh, there are websites, right, that, that sell um, these? Yeah, so, some of them um, have just regular websites. Um, there's one right now, I'm thinking it's called StixCrypt, S-T-X-Y-X-Crypt dot maybe are you but um yeah you, you can go and just uh uh sign up and and plock down some money and and you'll get a license and and then they'll send they'll sell you you know ancillary services but there are to answer your question there are dozens of uh, exploit kits and there are lots that have sort of kind of been thrown out there and you know hey guys check out my kit uh, um play with it let me know what you think and then uh, some of them you know the community just just takes a you crap on it. you know it's yeah. like, this sucks you know you, you, you <laughs> go, go go back to you know development <laughs> school um and, go get a, go get a day job die. is is this it sticks crypto well of wishes awaits you in the crypt of decay no i don't think so uh, <laughs> i like that one though <laughs> it's got russian on it uh, uh yeah let, let me um let I don't me. know if I should go there. They're selling innovative and world-leading obfuscation of JavaScript. Use it oh, looks wait, might, it yeah. looks legit, but it, but then it, if you kind of it's kind of like uh, HTML morphing fud fud morphing. Yeah. So are you on the uh, the Russian version or the... I'm on the uh, English language. Should I go to the Russian version? Would I would I get more interesting things? <laughs> you, no, you just um. <laughs> Yeah, yes, sticks dot com. Yeah, that's it. So it doesn't look like a malware kit Well, did site. you miss that part in the banner that says Sticksploit Pack? Uh, oh, okay. The Sticksploit <laughs> Pack. Let's, let's take a look. Gentlemen, it's yeah, time to announce I mean, the next generation product for your viewing pleasure. The Vulnerability Browser Stress Test Platform. Mm. Right. They use test. Git. So, so this is... This is they this update, is really good. They I, I, get. I absolutely love this 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 phrase, this turn of phrase, stress yes, test. Yes. Because testing. people are gonna buy this so that they can stress test yes. their other people other people's browsers. I yeah. love it that you can I, yeah. update it via Git twice a day. So here's so here, here's another here's another script kitty type activity that's got gone off the hook over the last couple of years. Um it used to be uh, very common that you know the the script kitties would go. This is where they got their name from. They would go grab uh, some script that allows them to hack into a website, yep. and it's really just like an SQL injection or something like that. And and you can still do that, right? Like you can. There are sites you can go. They're called Google Dorks, and you just just Google Google Dorks and you'll see it. But it's they're basically strings that you can uh, search strings you can put into Google, and it. Th- they're, they'll bring up a listing of websites that are running outdated and, and vulnerable versions of software that can be exploited uh, so that you can deface the site or add malware to it or whatever. So it used to be um, – and, and this still goes on to some degree, but it's not it's, – it's a lot less innocent than it used to be. It used to be like, you know, yo, man, hey, you know, Hacker G was here, right? <laughs> and that was that right. was pretty much it. And they do they do it to all the sites that they could find that were vulnerable and leave their Now it's the iPhone would... SDK site that infects Apple and Twitter and Facebook. Well, no, no, just I was I was this is a long way of getting to the stress testing thing because what ah. they do now is they leave behind a little uh, uh, a shell 
and it just allows them it's a back door that allows them to get back into the site and in almost every case those shells include uh, a booter component and all that does is it allows the 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 hacker to use that websites that server power in denial of service attacks uh, uh, and so it's not real hard to build a, a botnet of hacked websites to use in DDoS attacks this way. You just find a bunch of sites that are vulnerable, you upload your booter shell, and you're good to go. I wrote a story about a, a guy that was offering a, a booter shell service, and uh, it was like last year. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty clearly being used to knock people and different uh, things offline. And and uh, he got really upset with me. He's like, oh, no, this is just stress testing. And it says that in the, in the uh, terms of service. This is stress testing. So <laughs> it's just stressed. Yeah, no, it's okay. You know, yeah, it's all good. If you use this for illegal purposes, it's on you, man. Well, I think I think you know this is there's there's there there's this is kind of a, a debate that that is raging right now, which is is the sale of software vulnerabilities. Like, if you find a, a new vulnerability in Java, um, are, and you're selling it to the highest bidder, are you breaking the law? Most people, would, at least in this country, would say, no, not by today's standards, not by the, mm. the way the law is set up. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, do we need to change the law? Um, personally, I don't think it would change the dynamic or the reality at all. But The behavior, you know, right. Right. Uh, it wouldn't change the market, I don't think. And if anything, it would make these things more, more valuable. So it sounds like your, like your focus – because of like the access to this community um, are like is, is sort of the demographic that you've been sharing with us. Um, do you see the presence of organized crime here? I mean, we hear stories. I mean, I've I've had you know FBI guys tell me that you know they really see like organized crime recognizing that there is a potential to make money through this kind of internet. Uh, you know, chicanery. Oh, it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, the, there are a lot of people use that term organized crime and it's, it's probably more apt to call it disorganized crime. Even the guys who are, uh, who are uh, very good at what they do and, and have been doing this for quite some time. A lot of them are, I think best thought of as more like independent contractors who who work right. together from time to time when it suits their purpose and everybody's happy about it. So um, so just sort of the social it's sort of the the nature of the people who are doing this is that they're loners and they're in their parents basement or whatever. I mean they're just, you know, it's it's not the kind of thing that you have, you know, old school family organized crime doing. Um now I wouldn't say I wouldn't so there are there's, there's, it's, it works both ways, right? I mean, there are just like you and I are talking remotely. You know, we've, I don't think we've met face to face. This is a lot of the, lot of the guys in, in the cybercrime community. Um, you know, they don't want to meet face to face. I mean, you know, they, they want that distance. Um, yeah, you, you and I and, are using our real names, <laughs> right? But, but they'll find each other on the forums, and what yeah. you tend to see is, uh, it, it. it it sounds like an exaggeration, but it isn't really unlike something you would see in, say, Ocean's Eleven, right? Where you got you have one guy who's really good at writing, um, 
you know, malicious software that steals banking information. And then you have another guy who's very good at writing custom web injects for specific banks. Mm. And then you got another guy who specializes in uh, uh, procuring uh, d- domains that won't get shut down very quickly, uh, website hosting that won't get shut down. Maybe he even runs all of the services. So and it's very common to see uh, uh, groups perpetrating um, c- you know, criminal conspiracies uh, combining their combining their com- various talents, right? Combining their various talents, and and the Justice Department did a, a really interesting uh, series of indictments and arrests. Um, uh, one guy was, uh, I think, in Romania. The other was in in uh, was Russian, but had come to the United States. And then the other guy, I think, was in Moldova. But it was that same kind of thing. One guy was in charge of bulletproof hosting. One guy was in charge of authoring the malware, and the other guy was developing custom. Excuse me, web injects, and 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 that very. I mean, I think that meets for the most for most people that meets the the threshold of organized crime, um, uh, because if it works for them, they'll keep doing it, and right. um, and that's something I've been uh, really spending a lot of time uh, focusing and writing on, uh, and that is uh, the the cyber heists against the small to mid size uh, businesses out there, uh, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that because uh it is something i spend a lot of time researching and writing about and and i and i do so because i I feel very passionately about this Uh, i talk to i travel a lot i talk to small business owners all the time just you know chat them up and and i always ask them i say well hey do you bank online do you do you do you know how exposed you are do you know if you get robbed that's gone. That money's gone. The bank doesn't have to put it back. People don't know that, um, and they don't know that this can ha- they can you know, their business can be ruined because they got a virus infection on their machine. Um, and it, but unfortunately, we're seeing that over and over again every week. And so, I would characterize those as organized crime uh, attacks because they they require. Uh, certain resources and and you know they have to hire people to hire the money mules the people that have gone with the victim's loot and help the bad guys launder it uh they have to hire foreign money mules people over there in their own countries to be intermediaries as well um there's a lot of organization there uh an orchestration that has to go right for them to get paid so that that in my book is organized crime and 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 there's a lot of that going on and, and so I guess in general, as we've seen the evolution of this over the last decade, it's it's switched from from script kiddies running little botnets to blast each other off of IRC servers to, yeah. I mean, real money making enterprise. The point is now not just to, you know, as, as, as you said, post your name on, you know, like like do a website defacement for its own sake, but to to actively somehow turn some some advantage for the person who's doing the the exploiting yeah there's no there's no question um and and in some ways you know i think part of the problem that we have um with some of the more advanced attackers um so you know when a uh when an organization gets popped and they lose all their customer data or you know a, you know a, a company a fortune 1000 company uh, gets infiltrated by you know foreign cyber spies and and you know 5 years worth of and billions of dollars worth of r&d uh gets siphoned overnight um you know i think those are all cases where the bad guys have identified uh, the valuable stuff uh, much more 
um, directly much more um, you know they're thinking about it a lot differently than the folks who are getting breached um, and I think that 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 mindset is changing from the from the organization side um, right people are real you know, organizations are really starting to wake up to the fact that uh it, it's really not hard to get breached these days um and the focus needs to be on you know just accept you you, you can't keep the bad stuff and the bad guys out they're gonna get in and, and and you know the financial institutions figured this out years ago and they said well we only have so many resources we can't spend you know, infinite amount on 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 defense, right? Uh, at the end of the day, the banks are the best bean counters in the world. They know <laughs> what it's worth and, and what's at risk. Um, but by the same token, uh, you know, they 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 looked at it and said, "Hey, we got scarce resources here. What how how do we best spend our money?" And they they decided, "Well, let's make sure, let's make damn sure we know when we get breached that we know very quickly." We got breached, right. and and we can respond and take care of that before there's it becomes a much bigger problem. Um, so I think, un, unfortunately, a lot of um, a lot of the stuff we're seeing with the espionage attackers breaking into companies is a, is an artifact um, of and this oh, is the companies being more aware now than they used to be. It's an artifact, but I mean, uh, a lot of the defenses that companies have in place are built to. Uh, defend against uh, attacks that were very were more prevalent years ago. Uh, oh. They're not necessarily built to defend to, to defend against today's attackers. Um, you know, we still sort of rely on some of these things uh, that that are supposed to provide protection, but provide diminishing protection every day. Um, of course, stuff like antivirus and and things like that. So. Um, it, all I'm saying is it requires a mind shift, uh, uh, a different uh, mindset when you're thinking about these attackers to one of containment uh, and response, rapid response. Um, and, and, and you know how these things kind of shift. They, they kind of swing back and forth like a pendulum. You know, it's like, uh, you know, is it, is it thin client or is it, you know, is it, is it land servers on the land? Is it, you know, cloud? Is it, you know, what, whatever it seems like we go back and forth, but um, for a while there it was like, oh, let's just automate everything. We can't handle all these logs. We can't look at – we can't possibly look at all this information we're collecting about what's going on in our networks. Let's automate it and then, you know, and then we'll know what's going on. Well, yeah, okay, but only if somebody's really paying attention to the reports that those things are, are, are spitting out. And well, so and we, that, we had you know, that, that perfect story a few weeks ago. Of the the, the the Verizon security blog uh, brought to light where one of their clients was looking at their logs and discovered that there was a VPN connection to China that had been going for many months. And they thought, oh, my God, we've been hacked. And it turns out that it was one of their own employees had subcontracted his own job out to a, a Chinese <laughs> company. That was and a they fantastic were actually- story. They were actually doing the work for him. So, but, but again, if they I, I, I want to give that guy a genius grant. I mean, come <laughs> on, you know, I mean, like how many other people could have done that same thing and, and, and probably still could. And pulled it off. Um, yeah. And he was just sitting there in his cubicle surfing eBay and updating his Facebook page. And watching cat videos, I think it was. And getting right? top rated ra- uh, ratings from his, his uh, you know, his employee eva- evaluation saying, oh, this guy's just great. Look at the fantastic, well-commented code that he's creating. Yeah. 
Um, so and, and I guess course, what I was saying be... there is, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I was, I was just gonna... saying <laughs> automation. There, there. I think we're starting to swing back now. People are saying automation is great, but let's step a, a step back from it a little bit and and try to put some more humans in the loop and really have people actually looking at this stuff. Um, well, and, and, and the, Verizon, the Verizon thing you mentioned is actually very apropos here because uh, they, they do an annual uh, breach investigations report, which I always recommend people that, uh, read because um, they just it's just got tremendous amount of useful information for anybody who's involved in defending networks. But basically they said uh, one thing they saw over and over and over again with these breaches when they responded to companies that have breaches, they said that the evidence – for the break-in was there. It was there in the logs. And right. if, if anybody had bothered to look, um, even not even, not, not even like reading the logs, they didn't have to read the logs. All they said was it would have been enough for them to like scroll through very fast the logs and the anomalies jump out. They would see a big, a big block of something would right, just stand right. out. Yeah. Right. So um, I thought that was really interesting. But. Do you, um, in the dialogue... In the underground, do you see people talking about, discussing, or bragging about actual money that they're making from from these exploits where they're saying, hey, I use this exploit kit and it's generating this much revenue for me? Do, you, or do, do they discuss that openly? Uh, not so much. I mean what you tend to see is people will post uh, screenshots of, say, their uh, black hole exploit kit administration panel showing that – uh, you know, of the 100,000 people who went to their uh, redirection sites that pushed them toward the malware, uh, you know, 10% of them uh, were served an exploit, you know, uh. and, and so they'll, they'll brag about that. And you can make some inferences about um, how, much, how much money that could, could bring them depending on what sort of like affiliate programs they were signed up with and stuff like that. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, again, it comes down to, you know, a lot of these guys, if they sign up for one of these paper install programs, they don't know what they're installing. They're getting paid to push some installer program. They don't really know. Yep. Uh, you know, it could, be, <laughs> it could be something that takes over their botnet. I mean, as far as I know. Uh, the, yeah. But they're getting paid for every install. So, well, well, so I'm going to answer the question though. From from all of this, from your perspective, and now looking at our audience of of end users, um, if you could offer advice to individuals about how to keep from being victims of this, um, what would you how, how how would you sum that up? What would you suggest? Um. Yeah, I guess I would just say um, a couple of things, and, and I hope you don't mind uh, me pointing uh, people to some resources on my site. No, because, no, no, no. Um, it, it, I could just spend all day talking about this, as you can see. <laughs> um, there, there are two resources on the right side of my blog, uh, KrebsOnSecurity.com. One is uh, a graphic uh, tools for a safer PC, and there's just a whole bunch of um, you know, tips for people. It doesn't matter if you're running a Mac or Windows or whatever. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of tips there that uh, that that can help people. Where uh, you've pulled everything together in, in into a nice organized list. Try tried to put a bunch of stuff together that you know, if you follow these tips religiously, 
you're probably not going to run into any problems. Um, right. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff you're going to run into is sort of picking the low hanging fruit and taking advantage of the fact that, um, for better or worse, it does require some amount of vigilance to keep up with this stuff. And and if you fall behind, that's when it becomes a problem. Um, right. uh, so so at the very least, gosh. Um, I, I tell people to to grab uh, one of the, one of the tools that helps them uh, stay abreast of the latest uh, uh, up security updates for third party software. So like, you know, Secunia's personal software inspector is a really good one. Um, it's yep. free. Same with uh, File Hippo's uh, uh, file checker. Uh, update checker. Um, uh, both of them really good at, at letting you know about new stuff. Um, that's real important and. and you know, as I try to, and there's another resource on there, um, on the right side of the of the of the site that I built to really try to drive home the point that, look, this isn't personal. <laughs> if you get hacked, it's not because the right. bad guys are interested in you or your, right. you know, or, or your chats with a, you know, Sally or Susie Q. Um, they're 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 after your computer. They're after the resources that that your computer. Uh, offers them, um, and that may include your banking information. But the part of the re- it's, so the graphic I'm referring to is called the scrap value of a hacked PC, and this thing is actually being in the process of being translated into like 17 different languages at the moment. But um, what I wanted to do with this graphic was to explain to the person who says, "Well, I, I don't bank online. I don't have sensitive information on my machine. I don't see why it should matter if I keep up with this stuff." Uh, and this this graphic uh, tries to explain to people, okay, well, here are you know fifty nine different ways that it can impact you, um, and your system can be reused uh, by by cyber criminals. So, um, I think you know anybody who spends any time just looking at this, uh, ho- hopefully shifts their mindset a little bit to being more Perfect. proactive about this stuff because it's a heck of a lot easier to to keep your computer from getting infected than it is to actually get it uninfected once it's messed up and in fact uh, these days the 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 malware is so pernicious and digs itself so deeply into one system that it's it's you know it's arguably it's either impossible to get rid of it or certainly impossible to ever know that you've really gotten rid of it because mm-hmm. i we keep hearing stories about people who've like really understand their machines and have removed every trace of everything that they can find and a couple of days later boop, this thing comes back like from some dark corner where it was hiding somewhere yeah i always tell people spend some time on some of these pc help forums and and watch the experts go round and round with these guys and you know oh, oh yeah you're clean and they come back a couple of days later and wham uh they're not uh yeah i mean uh <laughs> that's that's a, that's an excellent uh point the um Ah, shoot, I lost my train of thought. I was going to tell you about a, you know, another tool. Uh, what I was going to say was that I think one of the the best pieces of advice I got from you, you and your site, and it's something that I've, I've credited you with and echoed it whenever it occurs to me, and it's just it's so simple and, and pithy and perfect, and that is if you did not go in search of some software, do not install it. Yeah. The, yeah, the idea being, go ahead. No, that's that's actually right. That's that's absolutely right. Um, so that's part. That's part of my three uh, my three yep. rules. If you if you I didn't go I looking that for there it, were three. Yep. <laughs> if you didn't go looking for it, don't install it. 
if you yeah, because so it. often, yeah, because so often we're being offered something as a consequence of some action, and immediately, you know, it's like, oh, you don't have the latest version of Flash. Click here to download the latest version. It's like, oh, wait a minute, you know, if yeah. you didn't go to Adobe to go get Flash, don't do it by having yeah. it offered to you. That's, yeah, that's, and, that's that's exactly right, and 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 that's a that's traditionally been a a, a huge vector for malicious software, and that's actually. This, this, the tools for a safer PC. That's at the very top. There's a link to the three rules. But so, so basically, yeah. If, if you if you didn't go looking for it, don't install it. If you need to install it, get it from the source. Don't get it from a third party, uh, yeah. wherever possible. And, and if you installed it, update it. Right, no brainer. And if you don't need it, get rid of it. Because then you don't have yes. to update it, and you don't have to worry about it, and it decreases the attack surface on your system. So, yep. Um, these are these are these are really where I was going before with the. Um, yeah. Uh, the point I forgot. Um, the the reason I say it, it's it's uh, I emphasize prevention as opposed to cleaning up after the fact is um, I think that where we're headed with a lot of this. So right now the big the big uh, uh, scourge out there is for for your average consumer is this ransomware stuff we talked about, right? Um, but by and large, that that ransomware still is not very common where it encrypts your files. Um, there was a there was a spell where that was that was going on. It was mostly attacking uh, people in Eastern Europe and and Europe, uh, where they yep. were where they get on your machine and then they they uh, encrypt all of your data, all of your documents, everything you yeah. hold dear, your photos, whatever, um, with very strong encryption. And you you didn't get your files back unless you paid the ransom. I don't know which why, is uh, which is brilliant because it's better than wiping out your computer or deleting them, which doesn't give them any value. This is a way of saying, hey, if you want this stuff back, then you've got to pay us. It's just it's unfortunately it's you know evil genius. It's it's brilliant, right? And it's going to get even more evil genius, I think. And I think we're going to see a, a resurgence of these attacks uh, uh, at some point, and and and. You know, and think of it this way. I mean, I, I try not to. <laughs> I try not to talk about these things because I, I, I hate to give the bad guys ideas. But I, but then I remember they already have these ideas. I don't, yeah. They're not going to for me. Um, but you know, uh, encrypting files. Uh, imagine you got something encrypted. Your files with twenty forty eight bit encryption. Good luck. Uh, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna pay that ransom if you want those files, or if you don't have them backed up. But guess what? It's really not that difficult for uh, the bad guys ransomware to go and look to see what network drives are on your system and then go encrypt all of those files as well. So maybe you backed up your files. You're thinking, ah, screw these guys. I'm not paying my money. And then you go and look and, well, wait a minute. Uh, you know, you, we have a problem here. So, so, so that's, <laughs> yeah, all, I think, all, all, all of your Dropbox files are encrypted also. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. right. So uh, scary stuff. Well, Brian, this has been perfect. I, it's exactly what I was I was hoping you would bring to the to the podcast, and uh, you've been great. Excellent. So, thank you very much. And well, thank you. I mean, I, me. I I talk about you and your site all the time, so I'm glad that you uh, you gave it some plugs. I f- absolutely want our our listeners to go to KrebsOnSecurity.com and check out your resources too. Well, thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And is, is Leo there I'm anywhere? Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> hey, Leo. And uh, I'm going to start recommending people uh, go uh, visit that uh, section on, uh, uh, you know, it's called T- Tools for a Safer PC because I think this is uh, really great stuff. Yeah, uh, excellent. Here. And he recommends Steve Noscript and uh, all the stuff we talk about all the time. 
Perfect. So, yeah. Thank you, Brian. Well, Brian, thank you. I'm, I'm getting some nice traffic from your uh, Twit TV thing. Good. <laughs> a lot of people going there. Yeah, including me. <laughs> Brian Krebs. We're going to take a break. And, uh, Steve, you have security news, right? <clears throat> yep, we got a got a bunch of news of, of goodies that happened this week. Right. So we'll, we'll cover them uh, now right. uh, after your uh, your little notification. All right. Thank you, Brian Krebs. KrebsOnSecurity.com. Take care, Brian. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. And uh, right now I'd like to talk a little bit about our friends at Carbonite. This is good timing. Uh, if you've got your backup on Carbonite.com, the bad guys can't encrypt that. You can encrypt it, but uh, it's not a network drive. It's off-site backup that protects your data. It's continuous backup uh, online, whenever you're online, uh, automatic, so you don't have to think about it, and uh, uses SSL, so even if you're on an open Wi-Fi access spot, it's safe and secure to backup. And when you get uh, it up there, you can also use Trust No One encryption. Although, as everybody knows, that breaks a few other features, things like the uh, cloud storage, which is, you know, I don't do the Trust No One encryption because I love the cloud storage. That means I can access that data from any computer I log on to my Carbonite account or from the smartphone and tablet apps that are free from Carbonite.com. So Mac or PC, unlimited, continuous, off, off-site backup, price $59 a year, less than 5 bucks for everything on your computer. They also have plans for small businesses, external drives, and all of that. Carbonite.com. This is kind of your last... Uh, bastion, your last redoubt in case you get hacked. you got to have a good backup. And of course, many other disasters too. Will you try it free for two weeks? Do it for me. Go to Carbonite.com. Uh, use our offer code security now. You get 14 days free, no credit card needed. If you do decide to buy and you've used security now as the offer code, you'll get 14 months for the price of 12. Two months free. Carbonite.com. you got to back it up to get it back. So do it right with Carbonite. Back we go to Steve uh, Gibson, and uh, we're a little upside down because Brian uh, was on, so we're going to do the security news now, Steve. Well, yeah, the big news of the week, I mean, and this was news that made it to all of the mainstream um, network news coverage, of course, is this this Mandiant report that came out. They they Their acronym for a a bad actor on the internet was APT1. They called it, uh, and we know APT is an acronym for Advanced Persistent Threat. That's the technology or the 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 name that's now been given to to those, you know, the whole concept of of a network being penetrated and the bad guys, you know, essentially establishing a beachhead there. That we first, I think, encountered that acronym in the RSA. That infamous RSA break-in, where all of the keys got got um, exported from RSA. Well, the, this this Mandiant organization. I just I tweeted a bunch of links just before the podcast. So if you check my my Twitter stream at sggrc, you can find them. Um, it's a a long report where where they lay out their the, the basis for their conclusion that this is Chinese military, the PLA unit, <laughs> they have a number, 61398. And they've got satellite reconnaissance photos of the building where this is being done um, once upon a time, some years back, and then it's been all renovated and it's all shiny. 
you know, more recently. And apparently this is the that they've they've over the course of time, they've tracked down more than 100 attacks against U.S. interests, uh, typically business interests in the United States, uh, which, you know, they're alleging was was formally authorized and perpetrated uh, by the Chinese military. Now, there, there is an interesting rebuttal to this. Um, I think I also posted that. Um, I'm not sure that I did. But, but the, you know, in all of this, um, it's easy to get a little, you know, hyperventilated from this. I, I mean, I, I saw it on, on the news yesterday. Everyone was talking about it on several of the different uh, programs that I was watching, you know, yes, the Chinese army is spying on you, they were saying. But the, the, the SANS security newsletter had what I think is probably the best sort of, okay, you know, push back from your computer and, you know, take a deep breath. What, what, what does this really mean? Um, and so paraphrasing from what they wrote, they said, in the last 24 hours, most major news outlets highlighted Chinese military and military-related hacking of American companies. Business Week's cover this week in big letters. Yes, the Chinese army is spying on you. Mandiant provided strong documentation. It's a big story. And then Sands asks, but is it the right story? If you know that the People's Liberation Army is spying on you, do you change your defenses? If so, how? Do you look for Chinese language intrusion prevention tools? <laughs> the continuous China bashing simply reflects the inability of watchers to see evidence of the stealthier attacks made by other nations that may take a different approach to penetrating our telecommunications and banking and power systems and stealing our national wealth. Well, in particular, you know that... We were talking about the Apple, Facebook, Twitter hacking, and the yes. presumption was, oh, it's Chinese hackers. No. No. It was from Eastern Europe, Europe as far as we could tell. Yes. And, and, so, and, that, and, that, and that's the point, I think, that is very good. Uh, Sands goes on saying, the number of bad actors spread across nations, terrorists, anarchists, and criminals, is so great yeah. that their identity is not as important as what we do yes. to defend our systems. Yes. You might as well assume it's it's. You always call the internet background radiation. Yes, it, IBR. <laughs> it's more aggressive and it's more effective than ever before. But it's not relevant to worry about where it's coming from. Much more important. What do you do? Yes, I think that's the point. Is that yeah, you can get all worked up about the nature in like or or like the direction the threat's coming from. But the point is, what you're really concerned about is you know protecting your homestead. Um, well, and, it's the only and, effective thing. I mean, you might say it might be fun to saber rattle and shake your fist and say, you know, we're a superpower. How dare you? But really, that's not going to be as effective as simply doing your best to lock things down. The question is, Steve, and Brian kind of alluded to this, the banks just gave up. Is it possible to lock it down? Well, and, and what Sands says that I think is, is, the, is the key here. Is they said that, that where they said the number of bad actors spread among nations, terrorists, anarchists, and criminals is so great. Um, he says, and Sam says their identity is not as important as what we do to defend our systems because 
they exploit the same weaknesses. So, so one fix covers all. Yes. So and so he says the most important, or Sam says, the most important answer to what we should do was released last week in a White House DHS, Department of Homeland Security, NIST meeting. Um, the defenses specified in that paper, written by CSIS's Jim Lewis, block the vast majority of the Chinese and other attacks. What we do as a community must do, what we as a community must do is identify the barriers that stop broad-based adoption of these defenses and lower those barriers. So what, what I thought was so interesting, and, and this, this I definitely, I linked the PDF. Um, it, the CSIS is the Center for Strategic and International Studies. Um, they produced a report. It's not long. I think it's like 12 or uh, 11 or 12 pages, a uh, PDF, for, uh, that was assembled by Australia's Defense Signals Directorate. This, the, their Australia's DSD is a little bit like our NSA. And in fact, they combined this with NSA research that identified three policies that would consistently reduce risk by 85% and often to zero. So the first of those is use whitelisting, allow only pre-authorized software to run. And that's something we've talked about before. It is, you know, it is difficult to do practically, but we're beginning to see it. I mean, arguably, that's what Apple's curated store is, is, you know, is, is to some degree a whitelisting protocol where, you know, they pre-authorize software that they will allow their iOS devices to download. And, of course, we're also seeing that now um, in, uh, in, in the Mac store um, and also in some of the Android stores. So, but in a corporate setting, you can imagine IT finally saying, okay, look, we're locking these things down, period. You get to use this, 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 and this, and your, your OS by policy will simply will not execute anything else. So, you know, it's, again, it's, it's a, it's draconian, but ultimately it's what you have to do in order not to run stuff that might be bad. And then number two, very rapid patching of both operating systems and programs. And so this is a recognition of the fact, as we were talking with Brian, that there's a window. You know, I mean, and Brian made it very clear, you know, he saw the actual dialogue, has seen the actual dialogue going on in forums where somebody says, hey, their exploit kit now has support for this new vulnerability. You know, when are we going to get it on, on, on ours? So, I mean, and it's a matter of, you know, overnight that suddenly the exploit kits are updated because there's a window of opportunity. So that means that we, we, want, we want to close that window on the receiving end as quickly as possible. So very rapid patching is the other thing that is very important. I mean, how often are we talking about ex people getting exploited on vulnerabilities that have been known for months? So, so if the vulnerability, and, well, I'm sorry, and the, the the patches, the the fixes have been available for months, yet the systems are still being compromised that way, then that tells you they're not being patched. You know, with any you know with any kind of schedule. So that becomes very important. And the third principle 
is minimize the number of people who have administrative privilege. And of course, that's we understand what that means. It's if malware gets to a machine and and is trying to impersonate that user, but the user cannot do much on the network, then it can't either. And so that's crucial for 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 minimizing the attack surface um, against your network. Um, and then they had some interesting statistics in this report. They said that under the banner of hacking is not hard. And I thought this was, this is some of the most interesting stuff we've seen and not surprising. They said more than 90% of successful breaches required only the most basic techniques. Only 3% of breaches were unavoidable without difficult or expensive actions. Outsiders were responsible for most breaches, not as we have sometimes been led to believe insiders, although certainly insiders have been, you know, historically have have created problems. 85% of breaches took months to be discovered. The average time is five months. 96% of successful breaches could have been avoided if the victim had put in place simple or intermediate controls, 96%. So, so what we're seeing is that, that the, the, the breaches that are now occurring are, are not hard to conduct and they are essentially against um, corporations and entities with no protection. They're just they're running an old version of IE. They're they're I mean they're they're just they're they're clueless companies that are just not looking at this at all. They're they're you know their business is not computers. They're they're they use their computers because everyone has to have you yeah, know but, computers. But Steve, when when developers at Apple get yeah. hacked, presumably these guys know what they're doing, and Apple's got to have very good corporate security. They're paranoid as hell, and they still get hacked internally. Well, and this was in they in, use in, an IE five at Apple, right? It was it was in this case it was, it was a Java exploit, yeah. um, and they visited a compromised site, iPhone Dev SDK site, was hacked to plant the exploit, and so as some Apple developers went there, got their machines uh, exploited. Now, what's interesting is that you know in in you know Apple's response to this was well. Uh, yes, um, but you know, new Mac OS 10 doesn't have Java, and it gets turned off after 35 days of non-use. So, and the browser no. Safari tells you, "Are you sure you want to run Java?" But obviously, these developers were using Java. Maybe it was part of their job. They needed. To, maybe they were writing stuff in Java. I don't know. Maybe they're writing browser Java browser plugins. Well, Leo, you know. Java is is the number one language. Exactly. So I mean, so you're going to have Java around. You just don't want you want it in your computer and not, not on your, your browser. browser unless you have to have it. And, and I suspect that these developers did. And I also believe, you know, Apple, apparently, even though Apple is the last we've heard about, was the first to discover this. And I'm yes. betting that Apple and Facebook both have very stringent security procedures and detected this immediately and and and, and remediated it immediately, I would guess. Yes. Yes. I mean, we don't know, but. And um, it, 
you know, th- this was your typical corporate breach. Um, Bloomberg carried a story from from two unnamed people who were, quote, familiar with the matter, unquote, uh, told Bloomberg that the hackers appeared to be looking for research, intellectual property or other private information yeah. it's that industrial they could espionage sell. Now, yeah, it's not, exactly. Yeah. It's espionage that they yeah. could sell on the industrial underground Industrial, not, not cyber warfare. It's industrial espionage. Right. Economic right. espionage. Um, just as we were launching the podcast, Adobe released their emergency reader patch. <laughs> we, we spoke about this uh, last week. Remember that there was a very bad exploit that um, that affected versions 9, 10, and 11 that was in the wild. It was being used for targeted phishing attacks. There was no known defense as long as you were using Adobe Reader to open PDFs. It's funny because whenever I tweet this, I get feedback from Twitter saying, who uses Reader? It's like, okay, Our yeah, audience I know. doesn't, but everybody in the world does. And it yeah, comes just, with many computers. And I mean, Yes, just, and and... Many sites where you go to, like, you know, download a PDF, it says, download oh, if you reader. can't yes. read this, click here to download Reader. I was looking so, at a firmware update just the, uh, yes, last night, and it said download Reader first. And uh, you know what? It's a firmware update. I actually don't need to download Reader for it. I guess that's for the <laughs> manual, and I sure as hell am not downloading Reader, and jeez. Yeah. Anyway, so for anybody, but but we also know that that, that – be. As, you know, the reason a reader is insecure is it is so bloated and so big and it has JavaScript in it and it loads, runs and runs plugins and does all this other stuff for you. In some cases, people have to have it. So if you're in a corporation that, that where reader is the only thing that works for you, Adobe's reader, then you should know, just go to www.adobe.com slash downloads slash updates. And that will take you to a page. You select Adobe Reader, and then you've got a choice of Windows, Mac, and Linux. Um, choose your platform and uh, get the update. It's dated today, February 20th, and you definitely want to do it because, you know, these things were bad, and they got fixed quickly. Uh, also in update land, um, Firefox 19 was just released. And uh, so I, shut, I, I clicked on... Uh, the help menu, and I saw the little update button. I was on 18.0.2, you know, <laughs> from yesterday, and now we're at 19. So I, I, I said, yes, update me, and it, it closed Firefox, and it opened again. And what was interesting was that I was using the Sumatra PDF uh, plugin. It's one that I had been using uh, for viewing PDFs in Firefox, and... As we've been expecting, it was with version 19 that Mozilla finally put their um, uh, their viewer front and center for PDFs. So the PDFs tabs that I already had open now open with the built-in browser PDF viewer, and it looks very nice. I haven't, I don't have much experience with it because it's only a few hours old. Um, I did see some people tweeting that it's been working for them since they started using. I think they were they adopted it earlier. It was available, I think, back on seventeen, but it wasn't. It wasn't automatically taking over. And interestingly, I get a little attention bar at the top saying, "I'm sort of 
I think because they're still sort of sticking their feet, you know, their their toes in the water here, they said, if this page doesn't render correctly, click here to render with an alternative. So they know that they replaced a plugin that I already had. And, I, you know, I'm happy because I'd rather, as long as, as, long as they're not going to have any security problems, I suppose we'll know here before long. Hopefully they've done this very carefully. But as we've seen, that careful doesn't always cut it. You sometimes need more than that. But um, anyway, so Firefox 19 has a native PDF viewer. Just shut it down or click go into the help menu, uh, fire up Firefox again, and, and you should have it. Um, and the viewer looks very nice. Um, I just thought I'd give an update on GRC's uh, universal plug-and-play test. When I checked this morning, we were up to 2,290 uh, discrete IPs. That's like twice what it was last week. Yes. Wow. Yes. Although I think it's slowing down. So These I are, these are uh, routers that are vulnerable to the UPnP flaw. Correct. Well, actually, it's routers that responded to your probe. Yes, that may be vulnerable, but definitely have the universal plug and play publicly present. And that they should not have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, In my in the ongoing quest for the best UPnP acronym, uh, we have a new submission uh, from someone on Twitter for UPnP is you're probably now pwned. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I think that's the best one that's, so far. That's very good. <laughs> You're probably now pwned. And here is a great page, Leo. You're going to like this. Uh, I created a bit.ly link for it because though it's verbal. Uh, bit.ly slash x or xor. So x-o-r-x-o-r, all lowercase. Um, what I like about this is I've often talked about how perfect XOR is for encrypting something. And remember, the XOR isn't particularly amazing. I mean, it's a simple, it's a simple concept. The, uh, if you XOR zero with something, wow. you get... You get the <laughs> something. This is really, so they've got a picture of Charles Babbage. Yep. And they and or and XOR it. Yes. Wow. And isn't that, I mean, I like this because it is so clear. It just says, it, so what they did was they, they, they took pseudo-random noise and they XORed the noise with the picture or they ORed the noise with the picture or they ANDed the noise with the picture. Now... So the and and the or are interesting because they're alternative logical operations. What's compelling, though, I mean, I get why if you XOR noise with something, none of the something remains. Right. But that's the key. That's why a if, if you just take a, a good source of a pseudo-random bit string and you XOR it with plain text what you get is noise. It just, it's almost counterintuitive. It's like, wait a minute, you know, why does nothing of the original survive? But this makes it very clear that all you get is noise. And I just, so this is sort of a, a graphic visual demonstration, bit.ly slash XORXOR. Now we don't and use I, XOR because it's reversible, right? 
No, no, we do. We do. Um, yeah, yeah. But we, it is and, reversible. And that's, that's the beauty. If you XOR it again, you get the plain text. Precisely. So if you took that, if you took that picture of absolute noise and you XORed it with the original uh, stream but you need the of key. bits, yeah. then it comes right back. Right. And that and that that's the original um RC4 style encryption. R- RC4 that was used in the earlier Wi-Fi, it was misimplemented so that it didn't like it. It take uh, the RC4 cipher works by sort of stirring up a bunch of bits in a pot. And it there are weak keys that don't initialize the stirring very well. And and even so, the initial stirring, if you start using the bits immediately, they're not very well scrambled. But if you simply stir it a while, then you start using it. Even though it's a simple algorithm, it produces a very good pseudo-random bit string, stream be based on a key. And that's what uh, Wi-Fi was using. And w, uh, e, even WPA2 can use that. It doesn't have to be using AES. It can be using RC4. And it's very secure when it's used properly. And so, th- so this just demonstrates that, you know, something as simple as an XOR, where you simply conditionally invert the bits, it ends up with nothing surviving of the original. Okay, and now this is... The most bizarre random thing I've ever said, which really is saying a lot. (laughs) That is saying a lot. (laughs) Yes. I saw, I was watching some video of some some guy taking apart a PC and it was like, you know, we're, we're going to, I don't know what it was, add 12 video, you know, uh, graphics adapters to your machine or something. And, and the point was he was putting the system back together and he used a a power screwdriver to to put the screws into the back of the case and i just i it just made me cringe because and the guy lost all credibility with me frankly <laughs> wait a minute because he was using a power screwdriver yes to put the screw in you can use a power screwdriver to pull the screw out that's okay. fine okay um the point is and this is something that my grandfather taught me when i was like 5 and I've never forgotten it. And it's just a little piece of wisdom that is so cool. And that is anytime you, and this is why this is extremely random, but you know, what the hell? Um, anytime you are screwing something in, first, yeah. back it out. Put a little pressure on oh, the screw. Oh, because you could strip it so easily. Yes. Yeah, I've done Put that little- so many times. Put a little pressure. Put a little pressure on the screw and turn counterclockwise. You will feel it go click. Yeah, and as so it that falls click, into the thread. Yes, yeah. yes. And so that and I mean wood screws, metal screws, doesn't matter. Just back it out and it'll click. Then you can then go forward. And if you have to use a, a power screwdriver, fine. But you get, but get it started. <laughs> but you're worried. What you're saying is it's so easy to strip a thread. With a power screwdriver because you don't feel it, and if you're not in the thread, it'll just make a new thread. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's it's a just, very good point. It's very easy just, to do. Yeah. Well, and if you've got a power screwdriver, it's got all this torque there. Right. You don't it's even just know. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and before you know, it, you've got you've created a round hole. With I did no that thread. the other day. I used, you know, the, I was opening a MacBook Air, and they have this pentalobe screw. I'm not using a power screwdriver either way. Pentalobe oh, screwdriver twice. and the world's tiniest little screws. 
<laughs> and, you know, it's very easy to miss the thread. Even if you do back it out, it's very hard. And once you get it screwed up, it's never going to go in right. No, that's exactly right. So, you know, if it's it may be something that everyone goes, yeah, yeah, Gibson, we know about that. But if it's not something you've ever heard before, next time you are you encounter a screw, just think about it. You know, just just, you know, go so you never direction. use power uh, tools to screw in only no. to screw out. Yeah, that's I, actually I, a very I, good point. I never really thought of that. I have well, used you know it, power screwdrivers because I'm lazy. Also, Leo, um, you, you can't. You have also no feedback on tightness. Right. You know, I mean, anyone who's a craftsman, you, you'll you'll tighten it down, and then you'll you'll give it just. I mean, just as enough. Like like w when you're mounting hard drives, you know, you you want them to be like firm. But not in, you don't want to like torque the whole hard drive frame because you've just you know bear down on the screw so much, so it's like no, just you know enjoy the process of putting the screw back in. <laughs> enjoy the pro. Enjoy well, what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, you know, take some pride in having your threads yeah. well meshed. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I know it's funny. I I never thought about that, but I do know what you're the cross thread. I know you're talking about. It happens to me all the time. Yeah, and if you just, it, it's very satisfying right. when you just go backwards. It kind of goes click, and you just oh, it's like oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> then we just go smoothly forward. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle or, Steve's, or you could do what Uncle I do and use nails. Right, that's oh. <laughs> that's what Web yeah. Web thirty nine ninety one said. Get some glue. Some glue. Oh, well, the screw's gone. Get some glue. Nothing yeah. like crazy glue. You know, I actually had the worst. Uh, this is complete digression. Hey, wait, hey, no, we're we're, we're done now. Although I did want to say I finished the third of the row agenda books. Oh my God! We talked about it last week. It's they're all three available on Audible. Yeah, and by the way, uh, Honor Harrington books. And something else are on sale right now for four ninety five. So I wanted to bring that up too. But the the row agenda books, if anyone is starting in on them, I, I call I would consider the first two books foundation for the third. The third one is is very difficult to stop reading. GRC almost didn't get a new server. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It is so good. And it finished with some surprises. I am so it ends up. I I didn't really endorse it strongly because I didn't know how it was going to turn out. I was only at seventy five percent of book three. I finished it. Wow, it's really fun. And remember, you said you were going to jump on it, Leo, because it was you know a, an alien spaceship uh, began to alter three teenagers, and we followed their antics. And it turns out that the spaceship had an agenda of its own which is uh, really interesting, too. So I do R-H-O, Row Agenda, uh, is just spectacular. And so you you had a divergence. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's, it was about more about screwing than about... <laughs> so we'll just move. Uh, okay. we're, we're done screwing, I think. We'll move uh, on to the... Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, okay. I think this, the point well taken. Anything else you want to talk about? I'm exhausted. Where do you get your underwear? What? Amazon. <laughs> That is a leading question. I get mine from Man Packs. This is actually a new sponsor on uh, Twitch, just kind of for fun. I actually found out about Man Packs from Jeff Jarvis. It is a place where you can order uh, underwear by mail and other manly goods, and you get a new ship. You, what you do is you create a Man Pack. 
Wait, are you, wait, wait. These are this is a new sponsor. Manpacks.com. Well, it's you know it's a fun little sponsor. Okay, good. But I but I, I like it, and I've been uh, given our it. audience. I think they're mostly know, men, and uh, they're packing. So the oh, idea okay. is, uh, I, let me show you. Actually, let's see if I can log into my man pack. <laughs> hey, LastPass will do that for you. It will. It, it just did. I love man pack. I'll tell you why I like man packs because. Um, there's certain things you want, you just like razor blades, you know you want on a regular basis. And so what you do is you set it up, and then you get it automatically um, every three months or more often if you want. And it's just convenient. So uh, I'm getting uh, cushioned crew socks, boxers, shave go, oil, shaving cream. You go cream. through a lot of those, huh? Yeah. yeah. You know, I get three yeah. new pairs of underpants every three months, and I throw out the oldest three. Perfect. Just recycle it. It's, I, I, yeah, recycle. I don't throw them out. It's, don't don't bother laundering them. Just you well, know, yeah, you probably should since you're only getting three one a new every new month. Okay. <laughs> but they have all sorts of uh, fun stuff, and you can uh, you can change your pack. You can uh, get new stuff in your man pack. You've got a dashboard. Um, I should let me see where can I find the other uh, things in the in the man pack. Uh, da, 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 da. You know, I I am uh, I am uh, well. They got uh, here's something. Uh, they also sell uh, vitamins because you know there's certain things that you need to take on a regular basis. I wonder if they've got vitamin D. They are. We're we're talking to them. We're going to make sure that they have everything that Steve Gibson recommends. So hey, here's cool. Here's the deal. Manpacks.com/slash/twit. You can get ten dollars off your first purchase of a thirty dollars or more, and uh, I think you could also get a. Uh, uh, gift card for fifty dollar gift card for forty bucks. So you can see, I'm trying to find. You can see I've been a Man Packs member since August 2011. Started with underwear, but now it's everything. I'm getting. You this. have been? Oh yeah, that's wow. why we're doing this. Oh cool. Because I'm a fan. <laughs> Apparently, and I and, and I guess your underwear has been working for you. I yes. <laughs> yeah. Where's my shopping list? I want to show you all the different things you can get. So- oh, here it is. Visit the shop. There was a big button, and I didn't even see it. So here's the Man Packs uh, shop. I don't know. Are you a boxers or a briefs kind of guy? You did ask me last week, and I wondered where that was coming yeah. from. I'm a yeah. I'm a boxer brief guy. It's a, it's yeah. a mix of both. <laughs> I love this. Anyway, <laughs> I just thought I'd mention this. Uh, Man Packs, socks, grooming items. They even have Sir Richard's Extra Large if you need them. Whatever, whatever you need, Sir Richard. Uh, yeah, I know. Isn't that a good name, Sir Richard? Uh, yes. Um, I just, I just, the, the service is great. It's like Zappos for underwear. Somebody said on Twitter, and I agree. So use the offer code. We'll make a little money. You'll be, you'll hey, save a little save money. Save some, yeah. Save ten bucks. What yeah. Manpacks.com/slash/twit. I just wanted to mention that. I'm so glad we didn't finish <clears throat> the podcast without. <laughs> Steve Arino, that was fun. It was so nice to meet Brian. I've been a fan, and I told him before the show. I didn't say on the show, but I told him before the show. Since uh, age, I didn't realize he'd left Washington Post three years ago. He was saying it's been a great thing for him. Yeah, I, I, I noticed about a few weeks ago that he had an anniversary that he mentioned. It was his three-year anniversary. And as he also said to us before we began recording, um, it's the best thing that ever happened. He was there. He'd been there for a long time. We used to watch him and follow him there. Oh yeah. And then then he set up his own his own deal with Krebs on security, and he said, "Wow, 
you know, it's working. It's the best thing he ever did. So, you know, I'm really, really glad we had him. I think he really brought a different perspective and lots of really cool information to to our listeners. Yeah, I learned so much from him over the years. And um, what is sad is that he was one of the, I think, the only guy in mainstream media who really gave serious, you know, uh, security information, not, you know, update your antivirus kind of levels. Yeah, I'm glad I remembered that. It was from from him that I got that fantastic piece of wisdom, yeah. which was, you know, never install something that you didn't go looking right. for. That That's was one that his, was Brian. One of his three so, rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see. You can watch the show. It's 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm sorry. One. Yeah. 2 p.m. Eastern on uh, Twit.tv every Wednesday. Uh, that would be 1900 UTC if you're outside the U.S. It also is available on demand after the fact, audio and video from twit.tv and wherever you get your internet broadcasts. We're everywhere. We try to be anyway. <laughs> oh, we're on Roku now. Uh, we've got a great iPad app, a number of great iPad apps, a number of great uh, Android apps. Um, it's really it's uh, easy to find Twit, so just look around. And uh, we'll be back next week to uh, talk more about security, a Q&A episode. That means you need to go to grc.com slash feedback if you've got something for Steve. People always say, how do I ask Steve a question? That's how. Yep. grc.com slash feedback. While you're there, take a look, and uh, you'll find Spinrite, the world's finest hard drive maintenance and recovery vessel. Software that you must have. If you have a hard drive, you better have Spinrite. Shields Up, now updated for the UPnP exploit, so you could test your servers there, your router. Uh, lots of free stuff too. GRC.com. Steve also has 16 kilobit versions of the show there and text transcriptions by a human being. Yes, who is under snow at the moment. Where is Elaine? Elaine? Sa- is she in Northern California? Where- no, no, she's. I don't know. I have no idea. Wherever it is, it's the extreme weather capital of the continent. Wow. It's some like she's in the desert somewhere. Oh, high desert probably. Sure. Gets very yeah, hot and very cold. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's got like swamps, like like swamps running through her house, or she's like buried <laughs> under snow. She has she has a satellite internet connection, which is always oh, that's Lord. why she wants the lower bandwidth uh, audio from me. Is that she's got bandwidth caps on her satellite feed? Oh, okay. I mean, and I think her husband is on like a bicycle with a generator (laughs) we're getting it now lane it's coming down here it comes (laughs) pedal faster pedal faster here it comes i can see it yeah so i mean and then they've got a whole bunch they've got dogs and horses and and like bats and owls and it's not like a menagerie out there they don't keep bats they just happen to have them i'm sure oh i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if lane you don't want to keep bats (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It seems like a bad idea, but that could be. All right, Steve. Great fun. Hey, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week, Leo. See you next time. Security.